Welcome to today's episode of Learning with Leaders. I have a very special guest today, Dr. Anke Diel. She has been nominated a woman of the year in the health industry in 21 in Germany. And she will be talking, of course, about, you know, her medical background and her role as a CTO in the university uh, clinics of Essen. Um, it was an extremely insightful conversation. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Bye bye. Anke, I uh, wish you an excellent morning and welcome you to today's episode of Learning with Leaders. Thanks, Paco. Good morning. Good morning. Um, so, uh, I mean, of course, uh, you are an extremely interesting uh, character with uh, a lot of things to share, which um, I hope, of course, that uh, our audience today uh, will enjoy as much as, as I've enjoyed um, in our pre-briefing uh, calls. So just a few words regarding you, yourself. Um, you are um, a doctor, a practitioner. Um, you have been raised, from what I understood, and also part of your education has been in South Africa. So that's a very interesting aspect. And now you are um, working for the um, university hospital in Essen in Germany and uh, you are CTO, Chief Transformation Officer. Is there anything significant you would like to add your, to my short presentation? No, that's fine. So I'm a medical doctor and I also hold a master's degree in management. And um, apart from being the Chief Transformation Officer, the CTO of the University of Medicine, I'm also head of the Digital Transformation Unit as such. And as you said, as you pointed out, I don't hold a, a German actually abitur, but I went to school to United World College, the one in Southern Africa. So for, I'm, um, yeah, for, I, I did a, an international baccalaureate diploma. Mm -hmm. So, um, given your cultural background, uh, so not not just being German, and as you know, I'm half Spanish, half German. In which instance, in which respect, does this influence you in your or exercising the responsibility of a chief transformation officer? Well, if, um, if it comes to digitalization as such, you know, it's not only um, the technical process of changing manual processes into digital processes, but it's very much the cultural transformation behind it. Uh, in medicine, we do have a very strong hierarchy uh, and, uh, well, particularly in Europe, uh, in Germany, it's always been of dominated by the medical doctors as such. And uh, I, I guess I'm allowed to say that because I'm a medical doctor myself. Um, and whereas uh, in, well, from my experience in the rest of the world, uh, a lot of education and proceedings actually have been interdisciplinary much more than they've been in Germany. Um, uh, we have realized, you know, for digital transformation that that must be um, something that uh, it can't be, you know, for medically dominated, but 
um, it's one of the key factors, you know, that people come together from all different professions, from IT technology, and whether they went to university, got a university degree or not, you know, but you have to come mm -hmm. together, um, you have to sit down together and actually look at the processes and everyone is then participating in that digital transformation. And that's one of the uh, key success factors also for us at the University Medicine in Essen. Mm -hmm. um, because you didn't mention it, I mention it now. You got an award last year. You were you got the award uh, Medical Woman of the Year 21 in Germany. What did change, if anything changed, since this award? Well, um, the award, um, which is, as I suppose, always the case, if you win something prestigious, you know, if, um, uh, then um, a lot of public attention um, gets turned towards you. And the good thing about it is that not only if digital medicine has like all the MINT um, uh, subjects, you know, all the IT subjects being a male dominated subject, and um, it's very good, you know, to realize that uh, a woman can also f be successful in digital medicine. Uh, so that's one of, of the nice things about it, you know. And then also people have kind of looked closer at what's the difference, you know, why are we so successful at the University of Medicine in Essen? And I think um, that is predominantly due to the fact that we try to avoid these hierarchy processes and that we work together interdisciplinary and also very much with our nursing staff because they spend a lot of time with the patients. I mean, the overall game for us all today is to do personalized precision medicine. Um, so as in not only to try the same approach for everyone, um, but actually look very closely at the individual data sets, of course, all um, safeguarded by data protection, that's mm -hmm. a must as well. Um, and that in, in Germany is probably a bit more of the case than everywhere in the world and also has its problems. Um, but it's definitely important for the patient to know that um, we don't, you know, sell their data sets or anything like that. Mm. Uh, but we um, look at them and analyze them in order to have a personalized approach to it. Mm -hmm. So um, you mentioned um, digital transformation. Um, so do you feel that is still perceived as some as something? special to talk with a woman about artificial intelligence when you talk with other experts in your field? Yes, definitely. AI uh, is a very male-dominated technical area. Of, uh, and, and I mean, if you look at information technology, it's still uh, such that more than 90 percent, you know, of the students that go into it, at least in in the overall IT, not so much in medical informatics. Medical mm. informatics, there are more women, um, but overall, you know, it's a male-dominated area. And in fact, um, last year in March, we started a very large consortium uh, focusing on AI in medicine. 
um, which was given a grant by <clears throat> the Ministry of Economics and uh, Innovation and Digitalization from uh, the county North Rhine-Westphalia. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm head of that consortium. We were given 14.5 million euros uh, amongst, spread out amongst seven companies. And it's also the first time that uh, such a large consortium in AI and medicine is being led by a woman, you know. So um, that is, as a matter of fact, uh, something that is unusual. Um, and at the same time, I still have the feeling that whenever I ask, well, you know, have you differentiated uh, according to uh, gender, for instance, if you look at the study population or for, uh, algorithms, you know, have mm -hmm. you indicated, you know, whether things come from a, a man or a woman, you know, the data sets, um, uh, then people very often kind of look at me and think, oh, she's a feminist. But it's got nothing to do with feminism. I mean, our population mm. is about half, you know, split up um, into two uh, sexes. And then plus we also have a diverse um, uh, a section. And for that section, unfortunately, we don't have any data sets at all, you know. So mm. um, I apologize, especially to the young people that very much uh, will point at that and say, it's not only a binary approach. Unfortunately, I'd be very happy if we were to have, you know, binary data sets, but we don't even have that. Um, very often in studies, also in, in the medical population, and also, uh, unfortunately, for AI algorithms, you know, um, we only have data sets, full stops, you know, but mm. they don't differentiate between the sex and or gender. Mm, I see. So there is still a, a long road to cover uh, with regards to uh, artificial intelligence and uh, the, the research you are conducting. So um, when I look back uh, into my professional career, uh, each time, you know, people are talking about change and transformation. It's, of course, on the one hand, the, the topic itself, which, which needs to be changed, whatever topic it is, but there's also to overcome the psychological hurdles in people's heads. So, uh, I mean, medicine, there are a lot of very well-educated people. So you might be inclined to think uh, there you don't have so much, you know, issues to overcome blockages in the heads. So how do you perceive the, that the cha that change itself is different or same as in other economical areas in our life? Yeah. Um, as I pointed out, you know, for medicine, we do have a very strict set of laws and regulations. And uh, of course, I mean, if you compare internationally Germany to, let's say, the United States of America or uh, the Asian countries, you know, um, uh, in many aspects, it's a good thing, you know, that we're not as liberal, free, you know, to use data sets. Mm -hmm. um, on the other hand, you know, in Germany, um, that also leads to the fact that we are probably a bit slower, you know, especially when it comes to digitalization of hospitals and also the um, practitioners, you know, because uh, in, in Germany, that is all 
of um, that 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 was a very painful and slow process. Whereas in other countries where it's just part of the industry, basically, mm. you know, um, uh, people just choose more freely because they don't, also don't have um, uh, the same type of insurance um, with uh, regulations that we do have. Yeah? And, and not only regulations, but I mean, in Germany, it's a very good thing, you know, that um, everyone has to be part of um, a medical insurance has, has has to be has to have a medical insurance you know mm -hmm. in other countries you can kind of opt you know um, so if, um, it's not that much governed by principles of the industry but it's it's a very um, you know safeguarded and um, regulated area and that, of course, makes it very difficult to kind of quickly introduce new things, you know. And during the pandemic, we have almost painfully realized that the medical sector um, is not digital at all in Germany. And at the mm -hmm. same time, um, using digital medicine and also data sets from, from, from patients just allows us so much better to well, focus on personalized medicine and also precision medicine. So I think, you know, um, it's been a painful two years and um, I'm quite happy that uh, the government has realized that and has also, well, um, tried to promote that sector by uh, giving us millions of, of euros or that you can apply for that, you know, to further digitalize the hospitals. Mm. So um, when looking at, at young people, I mean, you have a, a sort of a, a mixed um, uh, academic background, um, medicine and management. Um, so would you say that, uh, would you encourage young people who have not a medical background also to look more, you know, into the, uh, the medical um, part of, of the business uh, and the, the economy to help you to advance uh, digital topics like AI? Yes, uh, definitely. I mean, if, um, uh, as we've all painfully realized, you know, medicine and healthcare system is very important to us. And I think in Germany, people have come to realize that we've got a very good healthcare system. Um, uh, whereas in previous years, you know, if, uh, it's always been the talk, you know, that people said, oh, we've got far too many hospital beds in Germany, you know, mm -hmm. and in other countries, uh, well, you are either not admitted at all for certain diseases or you are admitted, briefly operated, and then we call it a bloody discharge, you know, mm. so as in you are being discharged while you're still in Germany, you would still be in the wards, you know, and being inpatient. And in many other countries, uh, that is a long time ago. Um, and in Germany, I'm sure, you know, that people nowadays, they, they realize that healthcare is very important and we've got a very good healthcare system. Um, we've got excellent scientists, we've got excellent doctors and um, our, that whole area medicine is, is very important. But if it comes to digitalization and also big data research, uh, we are still, yeah, 
in our beginnings, you know, and mm. um, yeah, the government has given us grants also like five years ago that started with the medical informatics initiative. And I think um, for young people, it's a very rewarding field because there are still so many things that you can do here, you know, so many um, may, maybe if you're I don't want to say simple technologies, but um, I mean, if I look at my own daughters, you know, that have grown up with uh, digital technologies, of course, you know, you've got a different approach to it and you probably think in shorter ways than my age. I'm in the, the beginning of my 50s, you know. Um, uh, that uh, I think because I kind of think of the old manual processes and then transform them. And I'm fully aware, you know, that um, I need to talk to other people, you know, to uh, to avoid doing that and don't go on a detour road, but go straight, you know, and, and mm. discuss it. So I think uh, that can be very rewarding. And at the same time, um, healthcare is very important to us and um, people have realized that without a good healthcare system you know um, we wouldn't be what we are in germany mm -hmm. yeah i agree and you, you uh, mentioned your your daughters um, and also their possibly slightly different approach to to uh, digital aspects of our life Let's talk in, about another um, aspect, it's social media. What is the role of social media in what you are currently doing? Well, we in Essen have realized that um, many information topics, you know, are being exchanged via social media and um, that that is very important when it comes to how people look at you, you know. So traditionally, I mean, um, medicine and that whole medical community has been kind of secluded, you know, mm -hmm. and was only if, um, uh, in the focus if, if you were actually sick, you know, or if you um, were admitted to a hospital. Um, but nowadays, I mean, also with digitalization, it's very important, you know, to include the patients in what you do. Um, like personalized medicine also includes the symptoms that a patient has got, you know, it, it includes uh, to integrate patient reported outcomes, what we call it. So it's like questionnaires that you send to the patient. And that is part of the whole um, data system, you know, that you look at while you're treating the patient. So it's not uh, so much like it used to be, you know, in hierarchy where you just said, well, you take that medication and full stop, you know, but you very much include the patient and the patient is kind of part of that digital universe of medicine. Mm -hmm. And um, the only way to do that is if you use not only social media, media but also digital data sets, you know, because mm -hmm. um, otherwise you, you can't include the patient. So it, it does allow us, you know, to talk about what we do to, um, well, raise awareness very much so, you know, um, and also get people to understand why we do certain things. So it has become um, an integral part of our lives, basically. 
Mm. So you clearly state that, um, I mean, younger people and also younger technologies like social media, let's say, clearly influence also your medical world. So let me ask you a question because you also mentioned that the medical world is a very hierarchical world in a hospital. Um, and I would not like to challenge that. Uh, um, but with younger people coming into uh, the, the, hos the hospital environment, do you see an influence also that younger people are certainly challenging this hierarchical view in the hospital uh, and also probably integrating more modern leadership styles? Do you see a change there? Yes, definitely. We do see that change, um, especially in that whole aspect of digitization and cultural transformation that goes with it, you know. Um, whereas, uh, well, the whole society in Germany changes, you know, um, with integration of migrants, you know, with other religions, with um, Yeah, seeing the differences in gender, etc., you know, all um, on, on one level. Um, I do get the feeling that, well, not only at medical school, but also for the other um, professions that are part, part, partly um, academic now, you know, mm. like, I mean, nursing, you, you can, can go and do a, a traditional nursing education or physiotherapy education, etc. But you can also go uh, to a university in order to learn that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so there's much more mixing. And uh, that is something that I definitely am very fond of. And when, when it comes to my own career, as you mentioned it, um, I've went to medical school also at the University of Cape Town. Um, I went to school in Eswatini and um, there I really experienced that uh, the, the way uh, people were educated but was so much more liberal and um, demanding as well, you know. Mm. Um, in, in Germany, I very often get the feeling that even now, you know, if, um, people don't want to ask a question because um, asking questions, for instance, traditionally is seen as, oh, she doesn't know that, mm. you know. Mm. Oh, she must ask that question, you know, for, whereas um, elsewhere um, you, you are encouraged the whole time, you know, to ask questions. To be and, curious. Mm. Yes, be curious and, uh, and teaching is something that just happens all the time, you know, like I remember teaching in emergency rooms, somebody comes in with a seizure And the registrar, which is like someone um, that that is already uh, that that holds like a, a degree, you know, in 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 one of the medical specialties, um, uh, would then immediately ask the students that are present. Okay, you know, so what do you do? You know, what do you see? What do you do? What medication do you think of? What do you have to exclude? You know. Whereas here, you know, it would all be just focus on emergency room and no student is allowed to, to ask a question sort of thing, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and that was something that definitely um, left its marks, you know, in my, my character and my approach also to the students and the young people. Mm -hmm. So um, you clearly 
let's say, encourage people, uh, even if they have a, a university degree, to really continue with lifelong learning. Otherwise, a career, and not only a medical career, nowadays would not be possible anymore, right? Exactly. I mean, uh, look at me. I still have to go for, um, for another 15 years or probably, you know, if you look at our retirement system, probably I have to work for another 20 years. Uh, but if I were to have stopped uh, 20 years ago, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now, you know. So mm. um, uh, in, in our profession, uh, it, it's actually been something that has been regulated also by the government that you have to uh, keep on, you have to carry on um, uh, getting, well, points for, for educating yourself, you know, and looking into new um, advances in, in medicine. Um, but that whole field of digital medicine and now AI, of course, is something that we didn't dream of. I mean, if like I worked first in neurology and then in, in neuroradiology and radiology and in radiology department in um, 1999, we only introduced the digital picture archiving systems. Up till okay. then, we had printouts on x-ray, you know, that you mm. looked at uh, in front mm. of uh, light cases. So um, uh, that is something like historic, you know, people would now say, wow, you printed it out on films, <laughs> you know, um, whereas everyone is now used to digital pictures that you can actually also send via the internet somewhere else, get a second opinion. Um, mm. and, uh, and, and even more so with the pandemic, I mean, so many digital processes have been introduced in our daily lives and it proves that they're good for us you know that you mm. don't have to carry around your vaccination booklet but you've got your smartphone with you and even my mother at the age of 81 of course she knows how to handle um, a COVID pass app you know or mm. the corona app or other apps you know mm. and is also um, able to to write a whatsapp for instance you know or mm some some text messages so um it's it's part of our lifelong learning and many things have been facilitated using mm. that um Anke, it's uh, really uh, fascinating uh, listening to you so um as a closing question uh, if i may um could you share with uh, um, the audience is there any you know major achievement or major objective you have for this year uh, with regards to, you know, transformation, AI, digital, anything you, you would like to share? Well, um, actually for 2022, from, uh, at the end of last year, I've been newly appointed into the Interoperability Council of the uh, Ministry of Health. So, uh, that is something for medicine which is really important you know that we get away from these data silos where all the um, specific data sets are being stored and they're not able to interact interoperable mm. 
Um, and that is something very important for all of us, for the whole of Germany, for our population, you know, that we have our own electronic health record, the Elektronische Patientenakte, mm. um, that all the people that have got a medical insurance, you know, can have access to. And I do hope that they change that into the so-called opt-out system, you know, that you are being obliged by law to have that health record and mm. use it. And only you can apply then to opt out. But um, at the moment, it's an opt in and mm. not even one percentage of the German population has got that health record. And uh, while we all as patients must learn that we're also responsible for our health data sets, for our health, you know, and um, nobody will do it for us. We must dig into that, you know, and be also the masters, you know, of our own data. Mm. So that reminds me to do myself some of those things. <laughs> Thank you, Anke. Yes, you better do so. <laughs> yes, it was a real pleasure talking with you today. I wish uh, especially that later this year you will be able to visit South Africa again. Yes, thank you very much, Paco. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.